One of the most mysterious things in all of God's creation is a seed. When you hold a grain of wheat in your hand, for instance, you're holding much more than a seed. You hold future fields and generations of wheat. If you drop that very seed in your hand to the ground and walk away, by its own death, it takes on a brand new and limitless life. It can literally feed millions. This is the Musings Diary, where we get to talk everyday life in line with the word of life. Karibuni sana. In the past episodes, we've been able to see what Jesus Christ was marked with. The first thing we were able to see was he was marked by divinity. Then he was marked by repentance and a lifestyle of solitude. So today we'll be able to look at four different things at the same time. But before we go on, let us go into his presence with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege once again to be able to share and fellowship together through this avenue, my Father. As we continue to look at the life of Christ, my Father, I pray that you may impact each and every one of us, especially during this season when we are celebrating the death and the resurrection of Jesus, having defied the grave, having defied death, my Father, Christ is risen and is risen in our hearts and we choose to celebrate and walk in that reality. My Father and my God, at the end of this episode, all glory and honor shall return to you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. So the first thing we'll be looking at today is the fact that Jesus Christ was marked by betrayal. And this is seen in Luke chapter 22 from verse 47. It says this, while he was still speaking, a crowd came up and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the son of man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. So Judas was one of his confidants. And is the same person who betrayed him before men with a kiss. He gave out the son of man with a kiss. Funny enough, Simon was very confident that he would even die with Christ, betrayed Jesus three times. He was able to deny him three times. Just as Jesus said in verse 31 of Luke 22, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, this is Simon saying, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. You will deny that you know me. And this is seen in 
the same chapter of Luke 22 from verse 54. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance, and when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he's a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the cock crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the cock crows today, you will me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. A confident man who broke as a result of pressure. That is what Christ went through. He was betrayed by Judas. He was betrayed by Simon. People who are his confidence. People who followed him in every step of his ministry. At the end of the day, they betrayed him. So betrayal is not new. It is not new because Christ himself went through it. When we go through it, how about we relate it to Jesus Christ who went through it and overcame that emotion? You are able to overcome it because Jesus did. The second thing we'll be able to look at today is he went through humiliation. Christ was marked by humiliation. And this is in Luke 23 from 26 to 38. It says this, as the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, weep for yourselves and for your children, for the time will come when you will say, blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. They will say to the mountains, fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. That is the highest form of humiliation. He was led away besides two other men who were criminals. Christ did not commit any crime. Yet, he was led away with two criminals. The people who, were, who he healed, the people who he delivered, shouted, crucify him, crucify him. For the third time, Pilate spoke to them and asked, why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with their loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. That is a mixture of betrayal and humiliation. Christ took the place of a murderer. He was humiliated for the good he did. And so when we go on, we see that the people stood watching 
and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. They were mocking him, and they were sneering at him. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. The written notice that was written above him at the cross, This is the king of the Jews. It's the king of the Jews nailed on the cross. What a paradoxical imagery. The king of the Jews has been nailed on the cross and they had to label that cross and they labeled it to humiliate him. They labeled it to mock him. Because even as he was heading to Golgotha, they were asking him to save himself. He's the Messiah. Why doesn't he save himself? Highest form of humiliation. The way of the cross was marked by humiliation. The other thing that marked Christ is in verse 39 to 43. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. He's mocking the Messiah. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? He said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserved. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. So Jesus forgave this man. He forgave him despite of what he did in his past. He was able to forgive him at the cross. The other thing was the fact that Jesus forgave us. We, we shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Despite the fact that he healed us, despite the fact that he delivered us from our oppression, we still made him be exchanged by a criminal, by a murderer. So he said at the cross, forgive them for they do not know what they do. So Christ was marked by forgiveness. He was betrayed. He was humiliated, but at the end of the day, he forgave. The other thing that marked Christ is he was marked by victory. He was put to death. He was put into the grave, but at the end of the day, he resurrected. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. Jumping over to verse 50 of Luke 23, now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, 
the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. This is Luke 24. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright to the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why, Why do you look, look for, for the living among the dead? dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must, must be delivered, delivered over, over to, to the, the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is risen. Christ is risen. He is risen in our hearts. He has overcome sin. He has overcome death, hell, and the grave. How majestic is his name in all the earth. He is risen. Yes, he was humiliated. Yes, he was betrayed. Yes, he was in pain and anguish. But at the end of the day, he overcame the power of death, hell, and the grave, and he is risen. And Easter helps us commemorate and reflect on this and remember that he took our sins, he took our pains, he took our sorrows, he took our place in humiliation, in betrayal, in pain, in loneliness, because even his father had literally separated from him and left him in a dark moment. He took all that in our state and nailed it at the cross. He nailed it at the cross. So whatever you're going through, remember that the cross is a remembrance of what Christ did on our behalf. If you're going through pain, Christ took that pain and nailed it at the cross. If you're going through Poverty, lack, and want. He became poor for our sake. If you are going through humiliation, loneliness, depression, all that, he took all that and nailed it at the cross. At the end of the day, he overcame and he is risen. He is risen today. He is risen. Christ is risen. He is alive. He is alive and he is alive in our hearts. Let us not forget that fact. So whatever we are going through now, there is nothing new under the sun. King Solomon said that there is nothing new under the sun. Christ understands our pain. He understands our sorrows. He understands our betrayal and our humiliation. But he took all that and nailed it at the cross. At the cross, we see the light. At the cross, our burdens are rolled away. So whatever you are going through that you feel is too hard, is too difficult, is too helpless and hopeless. How about you take all that luggage and place it at the foot of the cross and remind God of his promise. He has borne our sorrows, he has borne our pain. He took them all away at the cross and said this, it is finished. It is finished. It is finished, my friends. We cannot taste the power of resurrection without first going the way of the cross. 
It never kills the ignored or tolerated parts of our lives. It always seems to demand life's most cherished dimensions and details. It's amazing that Jesus Christ was taken away from communion he had with his, with his disciples. His disciples wanted him for life. They wanted to share in his relationship for life here on earth. But Christ had a grander plan, and so he took away this earthly relationship that they had and made it eternal. Same case applies to us. The resurrection or the way of the cross demands our life's most cherished dimensions and details. Whatever we love, is it our passion, is it our desires, is it our dreams, the cross demands that we lay them all down and follow the way of the cross. The way of the cross does not only demand whatever we ignore, whatever we tolerate, it demands our most cherished. Remember what Abraham did? Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac, his only son. It was an instruction from God to test his faith. This was his precious possession, his only son after many years of waiting. Abraham went to that hill, and as he was about to sacrifice Isaac, God provided the sheep. At the end of the day, we cannot say that Ab the Abraham who went up that hill was the same Abraham who came down that hill. It was a different kind of Abraham. The cross demands our cherished and our most treasured dimensions of life because at the end of the day, we become a better people. Christ became grander by virtue of being nailed on that cross. We were delivered from our sins by virtue of Christ being nailed on that cross. And that is the power of the resurrection. That is the power of the cross. Whatever you have that is treasured, and whatever you cherish, how about you exchange it with this God? How about you exchange it with the way of the cross? How about you be like Abraham, who went to that hill in faith with his treasured possession, and at the end of the day, God provided the needful? God is able to provide the needful, as long as we are able to let go of what we think is needful. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of the cross. Thank you for your love. Thank you for seeing us when we could not see ourselves. Thank you for declaring us worthy when we found ourselves worthless. Thank you, O oh God, for picking us up from that miry clay and washing our crimson stains as white as snow. King of heaven, I glorify your name for the gift of Easter. Easter season is a gift that you granted unto us to be able to take a pause and just look through your life and look through what you did for us when we did not deserve it. King of glory, you are majestic. And today we choose to celebrate in your resurrection. We choose to walk in the fact that you are alive in us and you are alive, my Father. We believe that you are alive. We believe that you conquered everything negative on that cross. And so we choose to walk in victory. 
we choose to walk victorious because we trust and we look to you, O God. I thank you and I bless your name for this episode, my Father. May it touch lives. May it impact that one who is listening, O God. That one who is not feeling well, my Father, would you grant him or her your wholeness, my Father. Because at the cross, my Father, you said it is finished. I pray, O God, for wholeness upon my listeners, my Father, in any aspect of their lives that they are believing you for, O God. Come through for them, my Father. When we meet again, my Father, we shall give you back the praise. I thank you and I bless your name. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The King is coming. (laughs) The King is coming. This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go. The King is coming. For they shall see the Son of Man coming in clouds of heaven with power and great glory. The King is coming. You know, a few months ago I was in Israel. I woke up to pray. When I heard his words, the King is coming. I'm people of God. The King is coming. But also, the King is coming into your situation. He's coming. It doesn't matter how long you've waited, how long you've prayed, how long they've mocked you, how long they've sent. Where is your King? Child of God, your King is coming. And He's coming big. So lift up your head so you When we come to a place where we die to our own dreams and preferences and possessions and agendas, when we let it all fall into the ground and just pass away and be covered over with that, the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead comes into the story. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you are inspired. I hope you are blessed. And I hope that you believe that by the power of the resurrection, everything in your life that is negative has been conquered. And you are free because he said it is finished. God bless you till we meet again next Monday. Stay safe. Keep social distance. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. you've heard.
heard on this week's episode? Well, well, the answer is simple. It would mean the world to us if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and feedback. Spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. Thank you.